Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Outkick 360 across the Outkick network. Alongside Paul Koharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Glad you're with us. No Chad Withrow today or this week. He is in the lovely state in God's country, Nebraska. Uh, Visiting some family this week as we head into the July 4th holiday weekend. A big show planned and we'll, we'll continue to do that all week long here across the Outkick network. You can find us wherever you download your podcast, but also on YouTube, on Twitter, on Facebook Live. And if you're on YouTube, we hope you'll subscribe by searching out OutKick360. And then you'll... Yeah, good luck turning this week and finding that bell. Yeah, I'm going to strain my back, (laughs) join my wife Yeah, you don't don't need to do that. You're you're about to find out all about the micro-discectomy, right? Yes, yes. Uh, and the recovery process. stuff Thursday and surgery scheduled for the week after that. I have n- I never heard of microdiscectomy prior to the NFL draft this year. Like, and now it's everywhere. And now it's everywhere. Yeah. Right? It, everyone's like, oh, I've had that procedure. Or I've had something close to that procedure. And, and now I'm about to hear more about it from an up close and personal point of view from you. The weight sucks. Your wife. I mean, uh, you know, she, now that she knows she, she needs it, and everybody talks about the immediate relief you feel from having it, um, you know, it'd be nice to, to forge ahead with this thing because she's having a tough time right now. Sorry about that, T. And, I know. Uh, we're looking forward to. To her, she she missed uh, you know Simon's team won a baseball tournament this weekend and and she was taking it in on on her phone and the highlights that I was sending her so she's determined to uh, I saw to one get hit. past this and not miss it. I saw one base hit. I think it was a base hit. Yeah, he uh, uh, he he hit a guy that was throwing in the seventies, so he was pretty nice. fired up. But he's really working on. Uh, finishing high and swinging all the way through, and he fell back to his old habits of uh, he wants to get that bat down and get the hell to first base because he's fast. So he was doing that again, but he was really proud to have made solid contact against this kid that was throwing gas. 70 at 11? He'll be throwing 90 at yeah. 17. Well, it seems like it's the equivalent. You know, we have an older player who plays on the bigger fields who says, you know, if you're throwing high 60s, low 70s on this distance, it's the equivalent of 90s from a regular mound. So our kids did really well against The thing is, this kid who was throwing that fast was also wild as hell. So, <laughs> he also, in an earlier game, we played this team multiple times, hit one of our kids in the arm, and, I mean, it was – the sound of it was Thud. sickening. And we the all- kid was shaken up. I mean, it was terrible. We were all trying to hit 70 at the uh, – <laughs> at the Warren County A&L Fair growing up. That, 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 was, that was the goal, was right. uh, whenever you're trying to guess your speed. You tip it, you speed, were making a, oh, you, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It, no you one was ever doing up. that. Like yeah. the, the carnies wouldn't allow you to actually win the game, right? It was rigged. But you were just trying to hit 70 on the, on the speedometer so that 
uh, on the radar gun just so that you could impress everyone around you. Right. That was the goal. Everybody it wasn't to actually guess your speed. But you're also, nobody has thrown anything or warmed up or everybody is then walking around <laughs> like, oh, yeah. oh man. <laughs> that night you're like, whoo. <laughs> it was rough. And you, you know, and your $5 lighter in the pocket yeah. uh, because of it. The hey, shout out to uh, Lance Lee and Jakob Swanson for making the show happen today. David Reed is the chairman of the board. We have Regan McCrossan and Sarah Triplett, our production assistants. Also, uh, shout out to Becca Risley and Sleepy Danny, who saved the weekend. Sleepy Danny getting it done. Um, Clay had an emergency outkick the show on Saturday. That's where we're going to start today. But Danny was the only one around. And I believe Lance came in. Danny got the show going. And uh, there was live and uh, immediate content through OutKick, thanks to those two. So shout out to both of you for making it happen this Good weekend uh, and getting that show up and running on Saturday morning. And who knows? Uh, if Clay was awake, maybe he, maybe he thought of this. Uh, the NCAA came down with the news that NC State was out of the College World Series at 1.10 a.m. Um, in Omaha, 2.10 on the East Coast. And that's how NC State learned they were no longer going to be allowed to play. I want to get to the protocols and, and how hopefully this is the last incident of this moving forward. But Paul, I, I have thought about this for the last two days. What if NC State beat Vandy on Friday when they were allowed to play? They were allowed to play on Friday and a mere hours, handful of hours later, kicked out of the tournament. They were allowed to play knowing that they had positive tests on their roster and then not allowed to play on Saturday knowing they had positive tests on their roster. What if NC State would have won? They had their best hitter up. The game was 3-1, to one, best hitter up with two runners on, I believe. Vandy gets out of the inning. But NC State was in that game despite everything against them. Yeah. And so had they won that game, they were in. They were in the Vandy had World to win final. twice right. to, to, to get through. They were on the loser's bracket side of this thing. I hadn't thought of that. But had they won, I mean, this would be a much bigger, much uglier story because well, they would have advanced Vandy, I presume. I don't think. I, see, I think they would have done what the public wants them to do right now, which is push the, extend the tournament. I th Mississippi State, in this scenario, would have won. It doesn't matter if it's Mississippi State or Texas. That was also a great game on Saturday. I, I think they would have waited. allowed NC State some time to test out and play the College World Series final. Did they explain why they were unwilling to wait um, and how long it would have taken for them to have sorted things out better for NC State. They, they did not explain it based on what I have seen. I mean, it's the not only, like they've got a venue issue like a lot of events would have. I, this is one of those events that has no venue issue. I mean, uh, there might be minor league stuff there or whatever going on. It's, it's, it's B level compared yep. to their main yep. event, right? Um, and so if you're talking 24, 48, even 36, uh, even 72 hours, um, it really wouldn't be a big deal. You'd be asking uh, Mississippi State or Texas to wait. Um, you know, they might object a little bit to the flow of things, but they also be assured of rested pitching. Um, so they'd know that they were going into the finals with a clean, clean slate in terms of starting their, their best pitchers. 
Um, so I don't know that you'd get a huge objection from the other side. Um, so what is the downside there to letting? Now, I, I don't know that NC State did its end of the bargain. And so maybe in, in the NCAA's view, it deserved a punishment for failing to follow protocol. Well, even those who followed protocols were kicked out of this tournament. And that's my biggest issue with it. There were vaccinated players who were tested and tested positive for COVID-19 that ended up being the reason why they canceled NC State. Because they, they were canceled for the tournament. Down. They ended up with eight positive tests going throughout the entire week. Uh, they had two positive tests that led to the delay on Friday as we went off the air. And subsequently, we're allowed to play. Uh, that, that total was at four positives by the time they played the game. Um, and then they played after the game, within what, that game was over by 5 or 6 p.m., roughly. Right. They were canceled from the tournament at 1, 10 a.m. ten hours later. And I, 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 I can't reconcile in my mind why the, the numbers that came back on top of what we've seen where there were vaccinated players who tested positive that added to their total number, they were not being tested because they were vaccinated. Well, see, the question to me, so then they were tested? They were tested because unvaccinated players tested positive. Well, see, the, the big question to me, uh, my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, if you're vaccinated but you get the virus, you can't shed enough to give the virus. Okay, so you should be in a different bucket and not count. Now, how many unvaccinated players do you have that could get it from the unvaccinated guys who have it and are shedding? Well, that's fine, but they're, they're, they're tested anyway, and there were unvaccinated players who were testing negative also. Like, we're focused on the, the unvaccinated players who tested positive. What about the other players who had tested negative that were allowed to play and were following protocols? There are, according to the numbers I looked up, there are 35 players on a college baseball team, 27 of which are receiving scholarship for some money. At least a piece. It's something. They, would have, they could have filled it a team. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out why, in, as we sit here in June, why you can have a full stadium, unmasked, you can have teams of fully vaccinated players, as I'm presuming Vanderbilt is, because that's it, it, it's a part of their admissions. You have to be vaccinated to go to Vanderbilt. Um, they're not tested unless it requires, unless they're mixed with uh, a team that was unvaccinated, like NC State, and I think subsequently they have been vaccinated or uh, tested since, and they're fine. My, my, and that goes back to the NFL regular season where we saw the breakout with the Titans and, and teams that were tested Walter. after f facing them. Right. My question, though, is how do we get to a point where everything's open, but yet in a college World Series, because there are some positive COVID tests on a team, that team can't play? I don't get that part of it. I walked into a restaurant this weekend under zero protocol. I you know, can attend a concert this weekend. Bonnaroo is sold out at an outdoor venue. They're not testing to get into the Bonnaroo venue. But for some reason, the players have to be tested to participate in a tournament. In an open, completely, uh, completely open-air facility and allowing 100% capacity is on it top a, of it. it that, that that's the that, that's the part I'm struggling with, and according to D1 Sports, uh, who I have followed, D1Baseball.com, they they say, hey, you know, the real hard part of trying to 
wrestle with what the NCAA did is they're on one hand saying, hey, we're doing this on behalf of the health and, and safety of our players. Meanwhile, um, there have been people that visit these team hotels. They're not in a bubble. So th- this is not the NCAA tournament. Th- this is not the NBA playoff bubble. This is a tournament in Omaha. And while they're, they're following certain precautions, it, didn't, it, it wasn't necessarily the same precautions that we saw in March. Yeah. And NC State, unfortunately, is sent packing because of it. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Is, is there fear of litigation still that they're going to potentially get into some legal problems if on a long shot? It's passed in a locker room or amongst the team, and somebody has something go badly. I, if it's litig- I, if it's litigation, I, you know, there's always about. a fear of that. Why? So why I wonder if there, that's the core of it. I just don't. I don't know why. If that's at the core and the root of the issue, why we we see a hundred percent capacity and everything's open. Like to to me that. We're we're at a at a point now where we don't need to test these players on a daily basis, and while it wasn't a daily basis, I think the 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 rules were if you were unvaccinated as on a team, you were tested the day prior to play, and so one of these players every other day one of these players had had shown symptoms. He was tested tested positive. He had a roommate that they wanted. I'm going back to NC State that they wanted to pitch on Friday. He was in quarantine, and they were trying to test him out. He had tested negative. They were trying to test him out of the protocol so he could take the mound at some point on Friday. Uh, he tested positive on Friday, and that is why the game was pushed back 45 minutes on the delay. And that was the, the player's roommate who had tested positive earlier in that week. I wasn't following it live. Uh, you know, I was kind of hearing about it. Well, we were on air when yeah. it initially happened. Then, you know, I got in the car for this baseball tournament. I turned the radio on, and our friend Kevin Ingram was was just starting the game. Yes, yes. You know, and so I, I didn't, and they weren't really hashing through everything. They kind of, you know, gave a quick summary, and then they were into the game. So I didn't understand. I mean, what did an hour and nine minutes do? <laughs> what, what did they need an hour and nine minutes to clear up? I, I didn't understand the, that game, better yet, what happened after the fact. I, do they handle? Do you think they handle things in a different manner if NC State wins the game and knocks Vanderbilt out? I don't. I, they, I, I, they have to, don't they? I mean, uh, the, uh, I, listen, I they're very so. reactionary, right? Yes, yes. So they knew they were going to get backlash yes. over what happened, but they said, okay, the backlash is going to come up to this water level and we, can, we won't drown at that water level. But if NC State had won that game and advanced, the water level would have been way higher, drowning level, and NCAA doesn't accept the water level that high, right? They're reactionary, and I think that they would have had to have backwashed the pool or drained some in order to stay afloat, and they would have done something to 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 to. To release some water there, don't you? Yes. I don't know what they I, would have done. I don't think. Postponement is. I don't is think the they crown a champion thing. with Vandy with, advance. You can't let Vandy advance having lost twice. No, and I, I don't think they crown a champion with Mississippi State winning the way. And it was a great game. Not playing the Fine. championship series, and the you know the three game series. So, I I think they would have extended things. Which is why I go back to why not extend, extend things, things 24 hours. If you're going to extend them for the finals, why don't you extend them for the semifinals? 
Right. Uh, and uh, again, it, there there are NCAA numbers. The NCAA has administered more than 130,000 tests uh, through their spring sports, a positivity rate of 0.04%. In spring sports? Uh, of 20... Of, 2,700 teams. Only two sports, men's and women's basketball, had championships take place in a bubble where the NCAA has total control over who's going in and who's going out. The rest of those 62 championships, the 130,000 tests, Paul, are over their championships. Uh, the 62 championships, including baseball, fall under what is, what is called controlled access championship events. So every unvaccinated member of a team, and I'm getting this from D1Baseball.com, who's covered everything in Omaha perfectly, um, every un unvaccinated member of a team is required to take an antigen test upon arrival at a championship event. And the testing for unvaccinated individuals continues on a routine scheduled basis. And in Omaha, those have typically occurred a day before each team's game. So if you are a vaccinated team, the way this reads is you're not tested. But vaccinated players tested positive for NC State, and that was added to their total, See, that and they be have been removed. To me, that shouldn't be added to the total because from everything that I know, if you're a vaccinated person and you get COVID, it's a very, it's a much lesser thing and you can't spread COVID. You're not shedding COVID. Am I wrong in that? That's my understanding. You're vaccinated, you can get it, but you get a much lesser case of it and you can't transmit it. So the whole thing is the worry of giving it to other people, right? That's why the vaccine is such a big deal. If you get the vaccine, you can't pass it. So it doesn't matter if you're exposed to it or haven't. And so that they should be put in a different basket. And but then the concern the is teams. how many guys on your team don't have the vaccine? Because if the guy who was unvaccinated has it and he can spread it to eight other guys, right. then you've got a concern. It, it's all just, to me, just a, a mess with how this was handled. Uh, some will say the NCAA did exactly what they had to do because they were following the protocols of the, of the what has been put in place for, for the championship events. And that very well may be true. But in a situation like this, as we sit here in June and comparing to where we were in January or where we were in November of last year, things need to evolve. And for some sports to be in a bubble, other sports not to be in a bubble, and as I look around and think of all the places that we can go right now and not require a test to, to pass in order to enter, uh, and, and for that to take place only at the College World Series, that's odd to me. Now, I realize they're testing players at the NBA level and things, but again, arenas are open. We're see, we, we were at the Stanley Cup playoff game. Um, for the Nashville Predators in the first round. We saw that atmosphere, right? Like the, things are back to a point where we're not in lockdown. And to me, the testing should reflect that. If there's a rationale for it, I mean, if you want to spell it out, then spell it out for us. These guys are in closed quarters and here are the dangers, blah, 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 blah. Then I, it shouldn't be that hard for the NCAA the baseball division of the NCAA to spell out, you know, in bullet points, why this is different than all of these other things that you're talking about. I haven't seen anything like that. So if you can't explain it to us, then we're going to be very confused by it, the sporting public, and I think reasonably so. 
so it, it, give us that explanation or we're going to be a very confused public and uh, these conversations are going to be ongoing. And I can imagine uh, the people at NC State and, and those guys, how they're feeling now. And Vandy's being made out to be some sort of villain here. A, right, a Friday yeah. quote from Corbin after the win that wasn't really related to the, to the virus stuff is being uh, taken out of context. I know taken out of context is used far too freely. This is a real example of a quote being taken out of context where he's talking about them having found a way to win a baseball game. And listen, baseball is a little bit different. You, you can take a bunch of guys out of the lineup, and uh, in a baseball game, a, a, a lessened, quote-unquote, team right. can, can win a baseball game. We saw it was a 3-1 final, right, against yes. one of the best pitchers in the game. It's no automatic thing. It's kind of like in soccer, you know, a team gets a red card and everybody thinks, oh, the team playing depleted is automatically going to lose. And oftentimes you see that team kind of rally and fortify and and do well. This is no guarantee that Vandy, though the odds go up, right, and though the expectations go up, uh, North Carolina State played a pretty good game. Yes, they did. I mean, they had their pitcher who started a game earlier in the week playing first base, and then he got a couple hits. You know, like, it, it was a very intriguing game. Like, for those familiar with the show, I don't watch a lot of college baseball. I was intrigued just to see how, how things would play out and turn out and, and how Vander, Vanderbilt would approach the game, uh, knowing that NC State was going to play again if they lost. and If they won. Or, yeah, if they lost. If, sorry, Van, sorry, if, right. if NC State would play again right. if, they, if they lost to Vandy because Vanderbilt had to beat them twice. Uh, the set of circumstances, including the wild pitch that Vanderbilt advanced on to get to that situation, was very intriguing. Uh, and now they get to the College World Series final uh, because NC State has been removed from the tournament altogether, and we have an all-SEC final at that uh, with Vanderbilt and Mississippi State playing tonight. It's a good sports night. Stanley Cup final starts tonight. College World Series game one tonight. Western Cup NBA final. game five. Uh, on the Western Conference Final is tonight with Phoenix and L.A. It's a lot of channel surfing. I felt badly for Vanderbilt because if they go on to win this thing, and I think they'll certainly be the favorite, as uh, I yes. haven't looked at the odds. I think but, they are. They'll be, um, they'll be rested. They're pitching. You know, they're going to get called out for having gotten a free pass in. And they didn't do anything here. They didn't do a thing. I mean, they're a victim of circumstance uh, well, like NC State is. They want to. Vanderbilt would much rather have played than not play. Nobody wants a free pass like that. Tim Corbin certainly doesn't want a free pass into the final. They were set up. Sounds like they maybe wouldn't have thrown lighter in that game uh, on short rest. I don't know. Hindsight, you know, lets them say whatever they want to say. That's right. But they would have liked to have played Saturday, won their way in. And Vandy's not scared of anybody. <laughs> Vandy's yeah, they'll play anybody. the best college program out there, probably. Uh, and they've got a chance to show it over the two or three the next two or three nights. But, uh, you know, I think people nationally, if they're going to try to minimize Vanderbilt being in the final or being unfair to Vanderbilt, the same way the tournament was unfair to NC State. Well, it, if you don't want to say there's an asterisk on Vanderbilt if they win or, in, or Mississippi State, you can say there's at least a shadow of what happened in this tournament and how things were handled. And we hope that it's the last we see of this and the protocols in place 
for any sport for for the sports moving forward. And, and I we had a VIP Zoom on on Saturday evening, and I, I said then it. it to me, the protocols resemble what we saw in the NFL media protocols for the mini camps and for OTAs, where you had to follow a strict set of circumstances, and then once training camp rolls back around, things are opening back up for vaccinated media members. There, Not there, all the way. There will be a different rule set in what a month from today than what there was a month or ago. A month from yesterday, yeah. right? So. There was a line drawn in the sand of the offseason transitioning to the 2021 season. And all the teams were following those types of protocols until we get back together at the end of July. That's what I viewed as the spring sports circumstances and the, the governing rules on this. But there was a lack of communication. The fact that this came down at 1.15 in the morning versus 8 a.m. probably doesn't mean a whole lot to NC State. Or to Vandy, Corbin said he got the text whenever he woke up in his hotel room around 1.30 in the morning in Omaha. That's, that's fine. you got to tell the team one way or the other. But to the public, releasing that information yeah. overnight it like that makes it seem as though you came up with that on the fly and you're just passing through the night getting and just moving on from it. The, the optics of that, Why not wait? you raise an eyebrow to it, right? Yeah. I, I hadn't thought about it, um, but... Uh, middle of the night decisions on issues that are not of national security. <laughs> it's weird. Generally, not yeah. don't generally look good. Yes. Coming up, some other headlines to get to today, including uh, the NBA matchups, both tonight and the game we saw last night. There is an NBA star who has been with one team that may be looking for a way out from that team. We'll, uh, we'll discuss. Got a good destination for him. Plus. The, the way Tampa Bay, last year's bubble Stanley Cup winner in NHL, uh, the, the way the Lightning won last year and the way they have made their way back this year, by finding a loophole, uh, I'll, I'll explain. That's all straight ahead on OutKick 360. OutKick 360 across the OutKick network, and you can now call in to the show at 855-208-8806. You see that there on the screen. 855-208-8806. We welcome you. can join the conversation. We can talk NC State uh, being told they had to leave the College World Series in Omaha. We can take it anywhere you'd like to across the national landscape at 855-208-8806. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, we hope you will subscribe to the channel, ring the bell, so you know we go live each and every weekday at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. And by doing so, by subscribing to the OutKick 360 channel on YouTube, you are automatically entered to win a great prize pack from Sony and Hertz Audison. It is a complete car stereo system from Sony and Hertz Audison, and you can simply uh, register yourself by subscribing to the channel and you see it there on your screen you get everything that comes with it plus the speaker system from Hertz Audison valued at over $2,500 subscribe and ring the bell Outkick 360 on YouTube. Paul it, it appears as though Damian Lillard may be the next player to demand a trade. Now he's been for the most part a happy superstar which is hard to find these days in the NBA. 
Um, but coaching changes generally create some type of turmoil within the roster, especially in the association, because the players have so much control over the makeup of the general manager and the head coach. Damian Lillard has been with the Portland Trailblazers for now nine seasons. And for the most part, he's been the one backbone player. C.J. McCollum has been pretty good at times, but Damian Lillard has been a one-man show. And Portland's been pretty good with him, but they also haven't gone as far as they may, may have been able to with another superstar paired with him. And he, he also deserves credit, by the way, of putting this year's Olympic team together but and, and just very quickly on the back background there, I think uh, he's been phenomenal for the for the for Team USA going to Tokyo, because he put some scars behind the scenes away. Uh, there was some bad blood behind the scenes because he was he was the final cut by Coach K in 2014 for the World Championships. They they elected to go with an extra big man instead of an extra guard, and Damian Lillard. Um, Look, had a chip on his shoulder, decided not to play in the 2016 Olympics because of what happened in 2014. Fast forward to now, he's among, if not the first, he was among the first players to say he's going to play. And while all of these NBA players, after experiencing the bubble and the lockdown and the, the way everything was handled last August for the NBA championships, a lot of players left Orlando and said, we're not doing this again. And there are some extremely strict protocols for Olympic athletes in the Olympic Village that are very similar, in some cases harsher on players uh, and, and rules that are more restrictive on athletes uh, than what they experienced at the NBA bubble, where you're going for, you're committing for six, uh, six weeks, I believe, uh, with no family, there's no inside or outside uh, access there. Uh, and some players were like, hey, I'm not doing this again. Lillard was among the first players that said, I'm going to play for Team USA, and Jerry Colangelo uh, credited him for that. Now, Coach K is also not coaching. This is Greg Popovich that's coaching this group now, but Lillard's in, and he is deemed among his peers as one of the best players in the league. Paul, most of the time, the best players in the league control their coach and their general manager, and Terry Stotts was just let go in Portland. They're going to hire... Chauncey Billups to take over as the head coach of the Portland Trailblazers. Lillard publicly said that he wanted Jason Kidd as his coach. He then backtracked a tad and added Chauncey Billups to that answer in an interview with The Athletic. He said, I, you know, I want Jason Kidd or Chauncey Billups. Uh, after publicly saying and declaring he wanted Jason Kidd as his next head coach. Now there's a story out that he's upset with the way everything has been handled and the back-channeling that's gone on behind the scenes, and that could lead to him asking for a trade from Portland. Yeah, it's very unclear. Um, <clears throat> there's a story at Yahoo that makes it sound like, uh, you know, they uh, <clears throat> that they didn't talk to anybody that he initially said that he was interested in. So I don't know if that's... Uh, you know, him telling a different story than, than what the truth is. It, it seems like a mishmash now, media coverage-wise. So, a story written on June 5th 
at the Athletic. Terry Stotts out in Portland. Damian Lillard says he likes Jason Kidd or Chauncey Billups. Yeah. The two likely choices. So I, this Yahoo story seems a little bit crazy now, and it is is well, off. Well, there's there's some conflicting reports. There, there's some but conflicting reports. That's a reports. very strong headline. Oh yes, yes. He clearly said that. Um, and he said, "I love Terry. I will miss him as my coach." I like Jay Kidd and Chauncey, Lillard said, referring to Lakers assistant Jason Kidd and Clippers assistant Chauncey Billups. Look, I'm going to be a complete hypocrite here. I, I hate this yeah. kind of stuff, but I have one team in the league that I care about that I haven't cared about in a long time because they suck and because I'm out on the NBA, but I've been looking for a reason back in on the Knicks who finally got back into the playoffs this year. And, and the never forgiving New York media was like, hey, give the Knicks a break. You know, they finally broke through and got in the playoffs, and all they need is a star or a score, which is very, you know, all you need is a star or, or yeah. some scores is kind of a big thing in the NBA to not have a star or a score. Uh, Lillard is exactly the kind of guy the Knicks need. So if he's forcing his way out of Portland, line the Knicks up, get him to New York, as a win for a star to go to a major market, get the publicity that he's not getting when he's playing at 11 o'clock on the East Coast, uh, bring a guy to the East, put him in New York, let him be a star and a scorer. I bet the Knicks get a lot better with Lillard. I don't know what they have to offer compared to other teams. He'd be a hot commodity. But I think the Knicks, uh, knowing what they need, would be a team that would make a big push. Now, I don't like these players being in such control. But also, an organization in the NBA circa 2021 has to be sure it's airtight when you're hiring a guy that your main guy, who's been really good to the city and mm-hmm. not a complainer been or great. anything. He's been great. So if you've got a great relationship with the player, you've got to make sure you're sustaining a great relationship with the player, though it seems like he's changed his tune. Well, he's changing his tune, I, I, I think, because of the backlash that a portion of the fan base has over, over this hire of Chauncey Billups. There, there is a rape allegation with Chauncey Billups that goes back a few years to his playing days. Um, and Lillard is backtracked on that a bit, when like many have. When he's seen the reaction. When he's seen the reaction. And, and he also didn't know about the, the, the case. Um, so they didn't at least have says a he didn't picture. know. Yeah. But he also has publicly said he wanted to play for Jason Kidd, and Jason Kidd has settled civil cases with domestic abuse involved. That were big stories. In that as well. That were big story, massive stories in his <clears throat> playing days and beyond. You know, that's another question Mark Cuban's going to have to answer. Mark Cuban just hired him in Dallas, and Mark Cuban has had uh, problems with uh, workplace environments. Workplace environments. So th- that's a bad hire optically. Well, but he also played for Cuban and, and played for the Mavs. So there, there's some explaining to do there on, on that front too. And I think that's why Lillard is trying to separate himself from the story in that headline by saying the two players I wanted, the former players I wanted to coach. I'm not validating what has happened off the court. I want them as my coach, as a guard. I want these guys coaching me. Um, that's a great feather in the cap for a guy like Jason Kidd. Kidd took his name out of the running pretty quickly after that, though, because I think he knew Dallas he was going to get a call from the Dallas Mavericks as soon as their season ended. It's also more recycling in, in, the, in the instance of Kidd. And uh, this has been a peeve of yours that yeah. I've adopted. Like the NBA, you get in the coaching fraternity in the NBA, <laughs> God bless you. I mean, it's like, uh, never mind the pension plan. You're guaranteed to be hired four or five more times. Well, 
we're, at least we're seeing that new with Billups, right? Yeah. In Portland, but you're right. I mean, you you get the within Celtics that, guy is is you there? get within yeah you get within so the it's, it's the, trending a little bit, but you get within those circles and you're in. You know, it, Rick Carlisle fired and rehired within what 48 to 72 hours in Indiana. <laughs> I mean, it, it you if you're a head coach right now and you're fired, chances are you're going to be rehired. Rick quickly. Carlisle's rehired by a team that fired him. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, and he had a good run in Dallas for 10 years, you know, nice longevity, but you would think there'd be a new blood thing. It's just really weird. If you're an NBA coach, it takes a lot for you to get out of the business. If you're an NFL general manager, you have one shot. That's it. No NFL GM ever resurfaces in a GM role. Like, it's, a, it's rarer than a dodo bird. Yeah. Do our interns even know what those are? You know what a dodo bird is? Oh, they do. Wow. Oh, yeah, they're both shaking their heads. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we know. We know. They never heard of Creed, but they know what the dodo yeah, bird is. Uh, uh, they, uh, no, they didn't know what Indiana Jones was. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, uh, tonight, Clippers and Suns, a chance for Phoenix to end this. They lead the series 3-1. The no review, I, I don't understand the no review on Saturday, where, to me, you, you have the review system in place where Cameron Payne is dribbling towards the end of the game on the baseline. Uh, Nicholas Batum comes up, knocks the ball out. Now, in real time, it looks like it's off of Batum, who comes from behind. But it grazes the hand. It, it, it warranted a second look. Absolutely. It grazes the hand of Cameron Payne as he's dribbling, and it goes out of bounds. Phoenix was, it, the play was not reviewed. It was Phoenix basketball. It didn't seem like anybody was asking for it either. I, I know. They, they get the, now after the game, they were livid about it. But during uh, the game, LA it was. didn't seem yeah, like they I, were. Well, the, the announcers were. Yeah, the announcers, announcers like, were all over. Why are we not seeing a second review of this? Subsequently, we saw two free throws, right? Uh, and that effectively ended things pretty quickly from there on. Uh, and Phoenix takes a 3-1 series lead. They're the better team right now because the Clippers don't have Kawhi Leonard. They will not, not have they will not have Kawhi Leonard tonight either. They're not going to have Kawhi Leonard if they if they somehow came back in this series and made the finals. They're not going to have Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, and uh, Phoenix is is about to advance. Yeah, they're they're the better team, uh, and the Bucks are the better team than the Atlanta Hawks right now. Atlanta won Game One. The Bucks blew them out in Game Two and then one on the road last night uh, in easy fashion. I mean, normally you see in a game of runs, there's about seven minutes left. Milwaukee had a nice lead on the road. Two minutes left, it's a seven-point lead. And by the end of the game, it's 113-102 with game four tomorrow night. Uh, or game five tomorrow night, excuse me. So, or game four, it's a 2-1 series lead. So a, a chance to win both in Atlanta, go back to Milwaukee and end it. Barkley was saying after the game last night, this series is a wrap based no, he, on what he's he, seen. He's all about Milwaukee all the way through. I jumped on that. I thought that uh, I thought Atlanta was going to make a comeback. They were right there, and I jumped on an Atlanta and the under. Did you see Trey Young? I, uh, under didn't look good, and then the under happened, and Atlanta didn't happen. Trey Young, Young steps on an official. I know. And the official shouldn't be on the court there. <laughs> uh, what's he doing? I don't know. He's got like a foot on the court. Just a, a foot length on the court, and Trey Young finds that foot and steps on it, and it messes him up. He was affected by that injury. Now he was at points you're like, okay, maybe he's not he's not hurting as much as they're leading us to believe, Definitely. right? But uh, he he went cold, and and so so did the team. Chris Middleton was excellent, twenty points in the fourth, and he outscored Atlanta on his own. 
uh, 38 points total in the win on the road in Atlanta. Did you get a chance to crank up the volume at all and just hear the atmosphere there? I think it's the best atmosphere right now in the NBA, it's Atlanta. Good atmosphere. I'll I tell love you it. where there's good atmosphere out of that Deer Park or Deer whatever it is in Milwaukee outside. Yeah. Which Teresa and I had that immediate same reaction. Like, oh, it looks great. Yeah, but I would die if I was in the middle of that sardine <laughs> pack thing. Like, I am well beyond wanting to be in the middle of a packed thing like that. But they were having the time of their lives. Well, think about how much. It's a big time scene. How much they've wanted this moment, though. I mean, this, this is the chance for, from a Milwaukee standpoint, they can win the title, but they get Giannis to invest in the franchise. He's their player, and now he has the chance to go for the crown and add to his overall, that first notch in his legacy, right? Uh, and, and be the center of attention. And so Milwaukee can be the center of attention as well. I, 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 would, I would guess it's at a fever pitch there. Absolutely. Got to be. And um, this is, uh, you know, I don't know. That should be a pretty good series. Presuming, it should be. Presuming it's Bucks Suns. Yes. Suns are damn good right now. I, I, that, I, I, who's going to be the favorite in that series? I think Milwaukee would be the favorite because of, because of Giannis and their, what they did in the regular season. But Phoenix has been consistent, too. You will need to see what Booker does with the shield on in, a, in yep. another game. That, that'll be telling. And how long is he going to have to wear that? I have not seen that. Yeah. I don't know if there's a timetable on it, but he's going to want out of it fast. Coming up, we'll discuss the Stanley Cup final tonight, which gets underway, Montreal and Tampa Bay. And I'll tell you how Tampa Bay and the Lightning have circumvented the rules legally. I'm, I'm, I don't want it to come across as though they're cheating. Loophole. But there's a loophole that I wonder if it should or should not be closed. I'm indifferent on it, and I'm trying to make a determination. I'll bounce things off of Paul and see what he thinks about the salary cap structure for the Tampa Bay Lightning. That plus the 360 parlay, all straight ahead on OutKick 360. OutKick 360 is back. The Tampa Bay Lightning, hard. And if you're having problems getting to that level, mydrhank.com slash OutKick can help you. Look, erectile dysfunction affects over half of all men. It doesn't have to make you feel like half of a man. Since 2017, My Dr. Hank has been making America hard again. My Dr. Hank helps you get low-cost ED meds and overcome the psychological and emotional barriers to getting ED treatment. And they secure your prescription. They then ship it to you discreetly every month from USA Pharmacies, all for as low as $2 per pill. And Paul, on top of that... The offer makes the price perfect. 50% off your first subscription order. Such a good deal at the beginning. Go to mydrhank.com slash outkick. Sign up and you get 50% off your first subscription order. That's mydrhank.com slash outkick. Look, for, I want to open the, the Stanley Cup final discussion by saying these are the two best teams. Uh, Tampa won it last year. They have the chance to repeat. And props to Tampa and their ownership for willing to step up to the plate and spend the money. But they have found a loophole with the salary cap that has been very beneficial to them in the postseason. So Tampa Bay, they host Montreal tonight. The Lightning, with the salary cap, they maneuvered so they could keep as many players on the cap as they possibly could. They followed the rules here. 
if you place a player on long-term injured reserve, their salary does not count against the cap in the regular season. You can bring them back in the postseason, and it does not count against your cap. They have two of their best players that went through this with Nikita Kucherov and Steven Stamkos. They're back, and they're among the best, best players, players in the, in the league. league. And they're not counting this year on their cap. Now, you have to have ownership that is willing to spin at a very high level. But there's also a structure in place to have an even playing field amongst the league. Now, that's not always the case. There's a floor and a ceiling, and some owners, owners will go to the floor. Some owners spend to the ceiling year after year. Paul, should we praise Tampa for finding this and doing this, or do you view it as that's a loophole and it's, it's quickly to close because of what they're, what they're doing? They're winning, and they're, they have a chance to go back-to-back back now. Well, I think there's also an element of dumb luck timing. Yeah, they have to get hurt. You've got to be hurt in a way that you're not healed with 15 games left in the regular season when they need you for a run well, to, to qualify I for believe the playoffs it was Kucherov. to get a It may have been Stamkos. Stamkos was ready to come back. Okay, it was Stamkos. I think he did come back. And for, he was ready with bit. about a month left in the regular season, and they held him back. Okay. Kucherov wasn't ready. That's right. Okay. Is, is my understanding, if, if I'm getting them right. So I didn't realize that. I, I think... You know, I think it's a it's a bold use of it, but also, what are the odds that you have two guys of that caliber that you were good enough to finish as well as they finished mm-hmm. to uh, to do as well as they did? You had the weird divisional alignment this year, which yep. set them up, you know, against Carolina in the second round and uh, all of that stuff. So. Uh, uh, I don't have a problem with it. They're, they're the best team, and they wind up in the best spot. And they're heavy favorites here, minus 260. Um, every, virtually everybody I've read or listened to has them winning this thing. So Montreal's going to have to really play phenomenally well to pull an upset. They also have a huge this. arena advantage. Yeah, they've got a home crowd, full, I presume, and Montreal – has not. a minimal crowd. <laughs> they have a full alleyway beside yes, their arena they'll outside. they'll have an outdoor party, which unless they have paper-thin walls, they're not going to hear it during, right. during the game, which uh, after 27-year wait to get back in the Stanley Cup final, it's really it unfortunate for them. Um, and I wonder if there's any degree – look, I can't pretend to know the Canadian hockey – um, rooting interest, and I imagine Toronto uh, Maple Leaf fans are not at all into the Canadians. But I wonder if there's any kind of Canadian solidarity because it's been so long that you want to see a Canadian team do well, even if it's a rival of of yours. Oh, I think so. Um, Especially playing against the non-traditional market. Yeah, yeah. You're seeing a, where ice melts. Um, <laughs> So uh, I, I expect if big you hate from Nashville Tampa Bay as here. a hockey city, you hate Tampa as oh, a hockey even city. more. Yeah, right. Further south. So Montreal has committee scoring. Uh, Shea Weber. I, I yep. bet they're in Nashville. Um, is is some sentimentality from I'm, Montreal? I'm, I'm happy for him, and I, I'm I'm eager to watch him play. And Stamkos, you're you're talking about. He played two minutes and forty seven seconds of the playoffs last year. Right. So uh, this is a real uh, chance. They won it without him, and now he's there and omnipresent. They're the, they're the best team. So um, it's going to be interesting to see if they, how, how 
well they execute and if they co coast even. I hope I hope not. I mean these these have been a very good playoff uh, playoff matchup overall from round one to now. I hope that we are paid off with a great Stanley Cup final. Uh, again, that starts tonight. Uh, Paul, I hope Major League Baseball gives us a little reality show with Hector Santiago's baseball glove. I want them to follow the testing process of this glove. For, for those that don't know, Mariners pitcher Hector Santiago, relief pitcher or starter? I think relief, but I'm not positive. Okay. It happened in the middle of the game. Um, they removed him from the game because of the foreign substance on the inside of his glove, uh, on the, the lip, the webbing on the inside of his glove. He's claiming that it was simply rosin and sweat. Now, if you, if you're, if you subscribe to Trevor Bauer's uh, vlog, he has argued that this was going to happen. Whenever these rules were put out, he's, he could make a sticky substance out of rosin and sweat. Maybe so. But Major League Baseball... They are going to, they have sent his glove to New York, I believe, yes. for testing on foreign substances. If anything other than rosin and sweat pops up, he's being suspended for 10 games. If, if not, what happens? If, if it's just rosin, what happens? Here's, here's the thing, and I, I, look, I'm no expert on this. We've looked at the, the spider tack light that we have here. Uh, maybe I'm naive on a sub so look if it's rosin and sweat to me yeah it would be sticky but there wouldn't be substance substantive substance you know what i'm saying i like if there's spider tack there's something there if it's rosin and sweat it's just sticky to me there's a difference between sticky yeah, let's and show. sticky substance let's show again but here here is <laughs> here is sticky uh, for Paul Koharski, he is saying that with the with the baseball, if you, you see some of this, it stuff, looks like peanut butter. If you see some of this stuff, then you're breaking the rule. If your glove is merely sticky, then it might be rosin and sweat. I think that that there's a difference there. Do you get what I'm saying? I, I do. But if it's just rosin and sweat, and and by the way, the the umpires got together. All four of them. They got together. They they reviewed it and they said they came to consensus. They, they did. That, that he needed to be removed from the game. Okay. The Mariners as a, as a club and Santiago the pitcher, they have both said it is just rosin that he was using, which is legal. So It would be very stupid for him to be doing something it would. else. It would. It would. And it's a mandatory 10-game suspension if this tests for anything other than rosin. But I, I, I take it back to how foolish will Major League Baseball look if it's anything... If it's just rosin. Yeah, they need it to be a substance. You know what I mean? Because they have stressed this over and over. And, and look, to me it's, a, it's an easy uh, scapegoat to just as a pitcher say, oh, it was just rosin and sweat when right. it's something else. What is else, anybody right? else going to say? What is, what, what's right. the line going to be from anybody? That's going to be the line. Uh, Major League Baseball needs this to be Substance. A substance. To the degree that they're probably going to call it a substance, whether it's a substance or not. I'm not saying I want it to be that way, but the, the, the way that they're handling this, they're almost saying, like, if you're going to call out our protocol, we're going to prove to everyone that this was bullfrog and, you know, water and <laughs> the cream and the clear and whatever else they want to call it. I also think the umpires would be advised to not...
take a glove and eject a guy unless they really had a four-person consensus that there was absolutely uh, I know. a substance. I, I tend to agree here because this is the first one we've seen out of a week and a half of this testing. Yeah, about 10 days, I think. Um, and we, we've seen guys, you know, that are Almost taking their belts off and, you know, you know laughing at umpires. Yeah. And some of the umpires have even laughed back at it. Like Otani uh, had a great laugh. I mean, you know, he's very awkward. Like, let me see your glove. Let me see the inside of your belt. Like, you have to show all these different places you could hide, you know, the bill of your brim of your cap. Um, but in this case, they looked inside his glove and found a sticky substance that they're saying he needed to be removed from the game for. So we'll, we'll see how it plays out. They should expedite this. Expedite. Get the well, I glove. Think they, I think they will. They need the to glove. know because um, he, he'll be available to pitch again soon. And if he's suspended for 10 games, he would not be available. Am I wrong to think he's been suspended for the 10 games? Now they need to overturn it if they don't find his thing. I think he's ejected and suspended. Now if they don't find the evidence, then they can overturn it. I don't know. That was my understanding of it. I may be wrong. It's mandatory unless you can prove it otherwise? Yeah. I mean, he's been judged guilty. They found the substance. Now they'll review it. 855-208-8806 is the number. 855-208-8806 if you would like to jump in and join the conversation. The 360 parlay is on to Paul Kaharski today. And Paul is going with a three-team parlay. We will have soccer. There's, I believe, a Major League Baseball game involved. And, Paul, we're going to the Stanley Cup final as well. We are. Um, it's going to take me a second to find it. Jacob, uh, I, was, I was thinking about doing Jacob-like things, you know. Yes. But I, I, really? I can't be Jacob. <laughs> not those kind of oh, things. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. Jacob knows I'm not going to do those kind of things. So right, you're going you're to ready? France. You're... Uh, yeah, yeah, the French are very good. France. And listen, this is not uh, France to, to win uh, because if you pick France to win, that means they're winning in 90 minutes plus uh, extra time. Uh, added time, not mm. extra time. So if it's tied and it goes into extra time, you don't win that bet or okay. they win it on penalty kicks. This is France to advance, France to qualify for the next round. That's one. Stanley Cup game one, Tampa Bay, Montreal, over five and a half goals. I'm uh, expecting an outburst. I like it. Houston Astros, minus one and a half against Baltimore. Five dollars pays out twenty four oh seven. It's plus three eighty one. Always bet against the Orioles. They did win on Friday, and they knocked Jacobs Parlay out of contention based on that win. Um, Astros very good. Yeah, and unfortunately, and the, the Orioles, and the Orioles not. Are very bad. And they're they're playing uh, uh, quite a bit over this stretch run around July fourth. They played last week. They're playing again this week. Um, yeah, take take the Houston Astros. Are, are they, they if they don't have the best record, they have the second best record in the in they're, Major League they're Baseball. Like Six thirty. It's outstanding. Uh, yeah. The um, I'm disgusted with the Yankees who. Uh, oh, they swept. Up, they they were swept by got Boston, swept right? By Boston, so they start to look legitimate. I got grief from a Red Sox fan of mine. I sent him a picture of the scoreboard of Simon's game and said, "This this uh, 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 looks to me like we're winning." Uh, when he said that's some club you got there. <laughs> Look, here's the thing about the Red Sox, just a brief word. The Yankees are bad, okay, and the Red Sox are better than the Yankees. But the Red Sox are not very good. 
like the Red Sox look good because they're they're playing against some teams like the Yankees who are not very good. The Red Sox are not a particularly impressive ball club either. Also not impressive, Garrett Cole with no foreign substance on the baseball. He was the first start. I guess not the second start. Uh, this was among the worst outings he's ever had as a Yankees starter, based on what I was reading. Right. Uh, but I told you that Boston. first start, it was the first day, I think, and his spin rates were down, and he pitched seven innings and gave up two runs. And well, we've seen, you know, we've seen, uh, was it the Cubs last week? They threw a combined no-hitter, uh, a staff no-hitter. Um, By the way, that got zero week. attention. I kind of heard about it. Like, I heard some people talking about a combined no-hitter. I didn't even know what team it was. I didn't see anything It was Reed's it. Cubs, and they did it with no sticky substance on the baseball. Against who? Don't know. <laughs> not the Orioles. Probably the Mariners. The Mariners have been no hit twice this season. Uh, no, yeah, definitely not the Orioles. That, I'd like to see sure. Orioles Mariners weekend World Series. Yeah. <laughs> play for the number one pick. Coming up, the Tennessee Power Hour. It includes uh, Vanderbilt and the College World Series. We'll discuss Tim Corbin and the job he's done on West End. We also get into Penny Hardaway and Memphis. Penny Hardaway is a strong contender for the Orlando Magic job as the head coach down in Orlando. He has interviewed, There's new blood for according you. to reports. Uh, and throwback uniforms. Throwbacks making a comeback. What does that mean for the Tennessee Titans? That's straight ahead on Outkick 360. Hey, it's Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for listening to Outkick 360. Be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day. And give us five stars. It helps us grow our network and provide you with more great podcasts like this one.